Welcome to Chosen Generation Ministries with Pastor Paul Morgan. We are a non-denominational multicultural ministry based in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. CGM helps to develop nurturing, healthy relationships with ourselves, others, and God. We are a conversational church that engages our congregation in an active dialogue that enhances their personal walk with Jesus Christ in all aspects of life. Let's join Pastor Paul. Worthy of it all. We had 10,000 tongues. We couldn't thank you enough. We just thank you for your presence. So, Father, I come before your throne, washed in the blood of Jesus. I thank you for giving me the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might. Make me a quick understanding so I do not judge by what I see with my eyes or hear with my ears, but by what your Holy Spirit reveals to me. We thank you, Jesus, for your presence, and I ask you to be Lord over this ministry and all that is done here. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to anoint this time of prayer and ministry. We claim the blood of Jesus over this session for our protection. We proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord here and that this is holy ground. We take authority in the name of Jesus and the power of blood and word and command all evil spirits to leave this property now. We claim this room sealed in the name and authority of Jesus. We bind and forbid any evil spirits on the outside from having any knowledge or influence in this room. We thank you that the battle is the Lord's. But the victory is ours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if the victory is ours, how do you ensure that it stays? How do you ensure that a price, of a battle that has already been won, stays? That's our job. That's our job to enforce the battle that was already won in the way we think, in the words we say, and in the things that we do. If you read your Bible, you will know what the Bible says. And the Bible says that in the last days, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Have you seen the evidence of that? But the Bible also says that our God is the same yesterday, today and forever. So the only thing that don't shake is him. His word don't shake, his presence don't shake. Fear don't move him. So how long is it going how long is it going to take and when will we make the decision to hold on to our unshakable God? Cuz everything we believed in it's been shaken. Your jobs, your income, now shipping, now Christmas. But he doesn't shake. He doesn't move. He stays the same. So I just want to put an alert out to you. There, there are situations that are going to come up that will shake you. But they don't have to. So some people will move away from the church because they've been shaken. I thought God was going to do this, but he didn't do it my way. But Jesus, when the disciples got discouraged at this one time, I know there were many, but I'm talking about this specific time. And they decided they're going to walk away. And there's one that stood and Jesus asked him, will you leave too? And what did he say? You are the only one that has eternal life. So my money can't give me eternal life. 
My job can't give me eternal life. My marriage can't give me eternal life. Now, it's, it's good, but it can't give me eternal life. He's the only thing that can give us eternal life. So now we pick and choose a car. We pick and choose a, 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 a clothes. We pick and choose a house. We pick and choose everything else. But I'm just telling you guys, this is an emergency. This is an emergency. Because he's the only one that can give us peace. You can't pay for peace. You can pay for drugs. <laughs> you can pay for alcohol. You can pay for sex. But he's the only one that can allow us to have peace. Now, peace is not the absence of conflict, but it's rest in the midst of it. He's the only one. So what's taking us so long? We'll call on everybody else. But Jesus. Words that ought to be engraved in your spirit and in your head and in your heart is Jesus help me. Because he's the only one. See, statistics are showing that the divorce rate in the world has been passed by the divorce rate in the church. So that means somebody keeping track of that. Abuse is going on in the church, just like in the world. But he's the only one that can help. He has the answer. We might not like the answer he gives. <laughs> His answer is sure. I'm going to tell you a brief story about how sure his answer is. My truck, I, I drive, and in the beginning when I started it, it would just start. You didn't have to put your foot on the gas. And then all of a sudden, I had to start putting my foot on the gas to get it to start. So I take the car to the shop. Now I'm talking about how we use the creed in the end. Where God is, we're setting the protection of God around us. So I leave it at the shop. And that night, my wife and I got in the bed. It was around about 11 o'clock. And I sat up in the bed and I said, what, Ma, sweetie? Now I touched her because as soon as she get, get in the bed, how fast she go to sleep? She going to sleep on the way down. <laughs> and I shook her. And I'm sitting up in the bed. She said, honey, what's wrong? I said, sweetie, I just saw my death. We need to pray. So she started to pray. We stood in agreement. God, show us what we need to know. So the next morning, I get a call from the, the truck place. And it says, uh, Paul, I'm, I'm glad you stopped your truck by. Because it had a gas leak, and the, the leak was shooting up into where it would receive sparks. And if you had a drove the truck, it would have blown up on you. So if you wouldn't mind, we got to order the part, but it'd be a little while. It'd be about two, three weeks, and we said that's a lie. But we commanded it to come quicker. But we thank God that he showed us what we needed to know. He sets it up, guys, to our advantage. But I didn't spend my time complaining about I got to take the truck to the shop. See what I'm saying? This is what I'm talking about, your thought life. See, we get in trouble sometimes because we override what he's already told us to do. 
because we got a better plan. But he had a plan to save my life. So when will you hold on to what doesn't shake? So I'm talking to you about hope today. I'm going to take you to a place where if you don't process your thoughts, you are going to be in trouble. Not just today, not just tomorrow, but every day of your life. Because he told us. Grab on to the thought and make it submit to my word. And his word is life. So when we grab the thought, we grab what we know does not line up with his word. And you make it line up with his word. You, don't, you just don't let the thought just come in and do what it want to do. That's why we're there. And so I'm, by any means, I'm not trying to condemn anybody who deals with hopelessness or depression. See, this is what I'm asking you to do today as I start this teaching. When the disciples didn't understand something, Jesus was able to uh, command evil spirits to leave out. And, and they asked, what, what, what do we need to do? And he said, you know, this kind comes out by prayer and fasting. But he also said, I am the God. So they turned to him. And he, they said, help my unbelief. So God, what you're asking us to do, we love you and everything, but that seems too big for us. So when I'm ministering today about hope, I want you, I would love for you, instead of rejecting what I'm sharing, ask the Holy Spirit to help you do it. Because it's going to get worse. But we can make it better. Now what does that mean? So the shipment might be late and jacked up for Christmas, but my attitude can make Christmas Christmas. The, crypts, the, 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 the gifts don't make Christmas. Jesus makes Christmas. So the gas might go up, but my attitude can make it better. The way I think, what I say. Because guys, the key component of codependency is the situation rules your life. The key to co component of healing is you rule your life. You tell your mind what to think, your body what to do. You tell your body to go to sleep. You tell your body to get healed. You tell that situation that it has no right and it has no authority. Now, hell is mentioned in the Bible, right? You tell the situation to get the hell out of here. So I had to get approval from y'all because y'all say the pastor cussing. <laughs> All right, so I, that's enough of the welcome. <laughs> So repeat after me. Holy Spirit, help my unbelief. Because however I came in today, I'm going to leave empowered. Knowing that you've given me the ability, the anointing, to speak to my life, my life, my situations, my circumstance, my children. In Jesus' name. All right, let's go. So when we make room for hope, we respond to situations differently. 
But if we don't make room for hope and all we're dealing with is hopelessness, that situation not only will stay the same, but it will get worse. How do we know? Because every thought that we think, this is a thought, the thought grabs another thought similar to itself and it continues to grow. But if we grab hope, then hope will grab another thought similar to itself. But see, there's an anointing in hope. The anointing is God in flesh doing only that which God can do. I, I had a training session for um, two women that want to get into counseling. And as a part of that training, what happens is they will, uh, I get them to role play with what I'm teaching. And I noticed this one young lady, she, she were, her responsibility was to write down what the other person was saying was their core issues. Okay? And I took them through a prayer, and so these were real things. And the lady over here was writing them down. And I said, now, when she puts her hand on her heart and gives those things back to God, because he tells us to cast our cares on him because he cares for us. And so I noticed how hesitant she was, to, but she wrote it down so she knew exactly what to say. But I looked at her and I said, what's wrong? She said, I'm afraid I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to tell you all what the anointing does. I said, but you wrote it down. So you're only going to read what she said. She said, but I'm afraid I'm going to make a mistake. I said, this is why I enjoy ministry. I can pronounce something wrong and God will make it right when it gets to you. So worry is fear then if you're living a life under the anointing and when you talk, God will anoint it. So they won't hear your mistakes. They'll hear his presence. So what happened if you decide that you're going to choose hope today? The situation may look the same, but God is changing it piece by piece by piece. Now, y'all might get mad at this, but this is real. The, in the Old Testament, there were some things going on, and, 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 and the king or the prophet approached God about what was going on. And God said, well, I'm going to move it a little bit at a time. Because if I move it all at once, you will become arrogant. So when you get mad at God for not moving stuff as quick as he ought to, how long did it take us to get to him? We didn't call him first. We didn't call him second. We, 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 it was the last thing. My friend couldn't help me out. <laughs> I got to that part. But did we call on him first? But you're going to choose hope? <laughs> so in the scripture says, the God of hope. Yes, I went over these last week, and I'm going to go over them again this week. In the Romans chapter 15, verse 13, the Amplified, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Now, when I choose hope, I get the joy and the peace. If I do not choose the hope, I will not get the joy and the peace. In believing through the experience of your faith. What we know about adults, adults have gone through stuff. Anybody haven't gone through anything? Adults go through stuff. But see, the, the difference between why children are so believing is because they haven't gone through anything. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they free. They like a, a clear sheet of paper. But see, when we go through stuff, what we do is we compare everything that we hear to what we've gone through. So now we feel like God passed us or didn't answer us or didn't help us. When someone's bringing forth the word, what we hear is, well, that God didn't work. 
So now we have taken his word that's unshakable and took it down to our level core. So God has to show us that he's God. He said he's the same yesterday, today and forever. So just make sure we don't get caught up in the world system that tells us there are many gods and he's just one of them. He's the only God, the only one. He has all the answers. Everything has to line up or come to him. So make sure you don't get, get, get turned around by that thing. Let me keep going. That by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abound in hope. So remember when I said when you get a thought, the thought grabs one similar to itself and it just keeps growing. And overflow with confidence in his promises. What would it be like to be able to give you testimony? People know where you came from. Because they'll remind you that anybody ever been around after they got born again? And, and, and people bring up stuff you don't even remember. <laughs> and it goes on to say in Psalm 16, verse 8 through 9 and Amplified. I have set the Lord continuously before me. That his word, that's how he thinks, that's how he processes. Because he is my right hand, I will not be shaken. What we talk about when I first started out about everything being shaken. I mean, you know stuff is shaking when I can't even get vanilla wafers. <laughs> you know things shaking. I'm just telling y'all. I'm just cracking crack a little joke. Is it okay to throw a little joke in there every now and then? Is it okay? Oh, she said it's okay. I mean, the bliss go on strike. My, girl, my wife go to the store and get me from vanilla wafers. How many cookies I'm going to eat? Four. Four. Okay, see, I'll just check it, see what y'all were listening. And, and the whole aisle is empty. I thought Benetta had taken it, but then I found out. That's Benetta right there. She takes that. But he says that if as long as he has my right hand, and I will not be shaken. Guys, sometimes I share with my clients. I say, well, look. Jesus come into session. He manifests himself in such a way that they can't deny that he's not there. And I said, well, have you ever tried just holding his hand in the midst of what you're going through? Nobody will know. I just did, and you didn't know. See, I'm holding his hand right here. You, you guys do know that people do things to remind them of where they are. And you can grab his hand, and you can be talking to people. They have no idea that he, you are holding his hand. But, you know, you, you think somebody's going to see me do like this and they're going to ask me, what, 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 what you doing? Tell them. Guys, he wants us to win. We have to want the win the same way he wants us to win. Instead of keep coming up with excuses, live in the facts. Therefore, my heart is glad. How is my heart going to be glad? By continually putting his word before me. And glory, my innermost self, rejoice, my body too will dwell confidently in safety. What, what I want my body to do? To dwell. I can't find sickness when I'm dwelling in his presence. Then one of my favorite scriptures, Deuteronomy 30, 19. Let's read this one together. We read it last week, I'll read it again. I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. 
Is there a middle ground in that? This is what you call absolute. There's absolute. Either you're in life or death or blessing or cursing. And then you impact other people you with. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. So this is where I stopped last week. Three cognitive distortions. And cognitive just basically means the way you think, the way you process information. Thinking patterns. You cannot be hopeless without thinking hopeless thoughts. You cannot be hopeless without thinking those thoughts. The same way you can't be hopeful thinking hopeless thoughts. In order to be hopeful, you have to make a decision that you're going to change, you're going to live life in blessings instead of death and a curse. Is it easy? Y'all ready? I mean, y'all be honest with me. No. So when I tell people to start thinking, I want you to replace the thought. Because whenever I'm talking with people, I'm always listening for a pattern. See what I said, thinking pattern? I'm listening for a pattern. Because every category that you have a challenge with, it's a, it, it's, it's a pattern. You see something and you start to think a certain way. But if you say something to interrupt the thought and bring it back to hope, then hopelessness cannot manifest. However long it took you to get to hopelessness, we're depending on the anointing to accelerate the time to get you out. You got to watch who you hang around with. Uh-oh, uh-oh. That means you got to cut some people loose. They call you and they go negative. Y'all got some friends that go negative on you? I know I ask y'all to raise your hand. Don't look to your right or to your left. Because <laughs> you might be sitting beside. Good, good. Jesus said Evil communication corrupt good manners. So if you're hanging around a person who always thinks negative, then guess what's going to happen? Whoever has the strongest personality type, that's the one you take from. Now, if you have the stronger personality type, they can take from you then. But distorted thinking is what it does. It creates irrational and unrealistic interpretation of events. Some people you can say hello to, and they'll get mad about it. What's their interpretation of say hello? I don't know you. <laughs> I hear you, Wayne. Distorted thinking distorts views of ourselves. Now, these are the three categories you're going to look into. These three categories. When you think in a distorted manner, what happens is three categories or patterns are formed. How you see yourself, how you see others, and how you see the world. Whatever negative thoughts you think about yourself, you're going to process, no, you're going to take that into your relationships. Now, I'm going I'm to let y'all answer this one. Nicole, I know you're ready. What, 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 what does the world say about men? <laughs> Nobody want to say it out loud? Oh, there it is. She, she, she screamed it out. Okay? So now, when we have a thought, we can't just categorize men as dogs and relationships. We're going to take that to, to the job. We're going to take that, and anytime we deal with a man, we're going to take that dog thing with us. 
Okay. <laughs> now, when it comes time for you to finally decide you found the one and you get in that relationship, huh? <laughs> you're not dating a man, you're dating a dog. Because that's what you said men were. Y'all follow me? Y'all looking at me mighty hard. Now, men, <laughs> what have we heard that women are called? Okay? All right. And none of y'all gonna touch that one. What, what, what my man say can't touch this? What, what he say? <laughs> so then when you get in a relationship and you found the one and you call that all this time, who are you marrying? Because you, you didn't cut it off. You kept it. I'm just talking about it. So this is how distorted views see things. I must do well. And some of you who are perfectionists say, I don't see anything wrong with that. But what is it? What if this is something you don't do well? You just got started. You just started a new job. You don't know the characteristics. You don't know everything that's involved, but you're learning. It's a learning curve. But you don't recognize the learning curve because you should do well. Then to see others, you must treat me well. Now, that dude that was on the plane the other day that hit people, fought people on the plane, that was his distorted thought. You must, not I would like to, you must treat me well. Now, I'm not processing that information, but I understand, I'm just telling you what I saw on the news, that a person put something in the back pocket of his seat. You know how the, you know, the seats, you got something. So now, he's going to do jail time because they are, they are serious about the tired of getting people to pay fines. Now, he's going to do jail time all behind somebody placing something on his seat. Because his belief was, you must treat me well. That means I paid for this seat, and nobody should put anything on it. Okay? Okay? The world must be easy. How many of y'all found that to be a lie? Okay? All right? Okay? Three people raised their hand. <laughs> but I'm serious about the word must. When we have distortion in our thinking, we use absolute words. Must. That means there's no reason why it shouldn't be any other way. But a rational self-talk, rational, says no one does well all the time. We all have flaws. Do, do you? Do you do well all the time? Remember that now, okay? <laughs> Remember that when you're hard on yourself, I didn't get 100. And then you ask the person, what did you get? They said 99. <laughs> The second distortion. People at times, now this is a rational, meaning that you're thinking about it. You're thinking about it in a way that will allow you to win, to be at rest and be at peace. You're thinking about it in a way that you receive the blessing and what else? He said the blessing and the curse or the Deuteronomy 30:19. What do you say? A life or death. So when you're processing information, you are doing it in a way that will bring blessings and what else? Life. When you're not choosing to process the information, you're bringing death and what? Curses. Curses. People at times are not going to treat me well. Y'all been to enough restaurants to know that. All you asked was, 
for what, 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 what's some special orders we got out here? Special orders. No onions. No onions. That's how, who, who said that? No onions. Okay, I'm going to shout it out right quick. What else? Dressing on the side. Number one with no pickle. He already there. He already there. <laughs> he already there. Soda with no ice. No lemon. People at times are not going to treat me well. So when you told them that, they were not excited about it. They'll say that you didn't say it. Or forgot. And then the next one, the world at times is not going to be easy. The world at times is not going to be easy. And that's why you have faith. Because there are certain situations that come up that only God can get you out of. So now if you are thinking these plans, you are in a, in a dangerous place. If you are looking at life, those categories... We gravitate towards our strongest thought. So if you are thinking negative, what thought are you going for? Negative. You can save yourself a lot of time when people come to you and they want to talk and you ask them, do you just want to vent or do you want a solution? Do you just want to vent or do you want a solution? And you, you can tell how long it takes for them to answer which one it is. Amen? Because I, I just want to make it clear that sometimes we walk away. The person who's trying to give help walk away and thinking that, you know, man, we couldn't help them. But it's their decision. But we gravitate towards the strongest thought. Let's look at the distorted thinking and hopelessness. Okay? Because the more you understand, because you have already asked the Holy Spirit to help you, right? You did that earlier. Sees everything in black and white. There is no gray. It's either good or bad. Now, the only absolute that we have in our life is God. Because if he say he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, then there is no black and white. But we see things either as good or bad. How did I see the car situation? Because I'm alive. Now, I didn't go look at how much is it going to cost. I looked at the fact that the car is not running the way it's supposed to run. So minding my own business, somebody has already paid for the car that hadn't even got fixed yet. Because see, your attitude, guys, the way we think, will bring about our lifestyle. Now, if you've been thinking one way for a long time, it's going to be a little while. Amen? But grace and mercy can accelerate the time. Or we think right or wrong. Now, those are absolutes. If I didn't make 100, I didn't do good. In fact, they won't even use the word good. They just said I did bad. How did you do? Well, I made a 99. I did bad. No right or wrong. Sees everything in black and white. Am I talking to anybody? Okay. But this is what it does. So I'm giving you what it looks like, and then I'm telling you what it's doing to you. 
It magnifies the importance of mistakes and imperfection. Have you ever told someone, I, I've done it before, here, man, that worship was on point. Well, you know, I missed this note. Well, well what did I just say about the note? He didn't allow us to hear the note being missed. If I don't say, I didn't know the note was missed. I'm just telling you my encounter with God. Y'all help me out. What ways have you magnified the imperfections? You had an interview. I didn't answer all his questions. What about one or two that, you know, I, I should have said it this way. I, I, I see. In, in, in ministry, when I was ministering at uh, this previous church, and what happened was after I ministered on my first Wednesday night, a person came up to me and they said, well, uh, we, we normally get together on Thursday to talk about what we didn't do well on Wednesday night. And I said, well, I won't be a part of that meeting. I say, because what I did on Wednesday night, God blessed it. I say, and I have seven challenges with that. I say, when the anointing is present, let's see you guys sitting in exactly the same places. Now, when I replay that, I can't get those people to sit in exactly the same place. So why am I going to look at what God has already blessed? So I won't be attending those Thursday meetings. Because I don't replay what he's already blessed. And you know what happened? They stopped meeting on Thursday, too. <laughs> yes, sir. Will? Um, yeah, back to the point of, like, I guess, magnifying, magnifying the mistakes and imperfections. So, I, I, you know, and this is essentially with work, what I'll do sometimes, and I'll catch myself doing it so I don't do it as much, but I'll, I'll be like, well, yeah. You know, I did this, 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 and this well, and I made, you know, 100 calls today, but had I made, you know, 105 calls, then I would have gotten another appointment. So I'll put a but at the end of it, even okay. though it's really, really good. Okay. Okay. So. And so how does it make you feel after you do the butts? Um, that that sounds weird. I mean, it's... It, it almost like gives me an out for not for not for not accomplishing the goal that I need to accomplish for the day. Okay. So okay. it's like a justification for okay. it. Okay. All right. Okay. Anybody else? If your performance falls short of perfection, uh-oh. If you are all an unthinker, you see yourself as a total failure. And I'm going to give you a clue to something. Nobody can talk you out of that. That's a decision you have to make. I'm a total failure because it wasn't perfect. If you want to change how you live, you got to change what you say, how you think, and what you do. That's not something that God, that you can pray away. A hand went up. Possible to have that in some areas, but not yes. all areas. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The the brain's number one job is to keep you alive. So if it has to lie to you to do it, it will. That's why we got to make sure we have the word in us because you you can see or know a situation exists that you know needs to be addressed. But the brain say, if you want to dodge it, I'm gonna help you. How many excuses can we come up when we get ready? When we know something is, is we got to do, and we got to do it at the office. Do, do, do we clean out the closet? <laughs> How many say yeah? Y'all clean out the closet. Raise your hand. You clean. Okay. All right. Okay. What, what else you do? 
Because the brain says, I heard that Chris don't want to look at that thing. That's what I heard. So I got to help Chris do what he says he wants to do. What else? What, what else do we do not to uh, see one in the back? Do all of the multiple tasks that you never got to for years. Okay, okay. Like organizing pictures. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate your honesty. You did that yesterday. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Anybody else? Got one right here. Chris, keep your hand up, Megan. I look at other things on my list and check those off. Okay. All right. Check other things off. Okay. But, oh, go ahead. I just don't look at the list. Don't look at the list. <laughs> <laughs> I lost the list. <laughs> but this is this impact on you if you think all or nothing. So, see, my hope is that I'm showing you what will happen if this is not addressed. It lowers your self-worth because I have to be perfect in order to have worth. That's why in counseling, one of the questions I'll ask, I say, once I get the person to a place where they recognize they love, then I'll say, would you mind asking God, do you have to perform for love? And he says, no. How do you perform for unconditional love? That's why I love this new song. What's that song, Jay? Jehovah? Yeah, is that Java? Thank you, thank you, thank you. See, see how I did? I said the wrong word, but see how y'all fixed it? Glory to God. My God is good, I'm telling you. Because he talks about you will never be more loved than you are right now. You're just sitting here receiving the word. Yes, that's great. But you're not going to get any more love than you have right now. We have to come up to the love that he's giving us. Because us reading the word does not give us love. It teaches us about who he is. But we have to be open enough to receive the love that he's already given us. I mean, when you die for somebody's sins and you haven't sinned, how much love does it have to be? So you can, I, I like to have every head bowed and every eye closed. So, Father, I just thank you. I thank you that I hear what you say. He said this is the perfect safe way, safe way into talking about me. That we cannot be any more loved than we are right now. That you loved us enough that while we were yet sinners, even the people who are out there now that don't know you but have the opportunity to know you with this, this invitation, you loved them before they said yes to you. So Father, we just thank you for this opportunity that you send Jesus to die for us, to rise, rise for us, and to implant his love on the inside of us. That we have that operating on the inside of us. We didn't perform to get it. He just gave it. And the only way that we get to operate in it is to accept Jesus Christ as Lord of our lives. So A, we accept him. B, we believe. And C, we confess him. So those in the congregation are repeating with me or repeating after me as a form of identifying with what just took place in your life. So for those that I'm talking with that don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior of their lives, just repeat after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, your word says in Romans 10, 9, and 10 that if I confess with my mouth 
the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I shall be saved. I call on your name now, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart. I receive you now. I now make you the Lord of my life. Therefore, according to your word, I am now saved. I'm born again. I have eternal life. Thank you, Father, for giving me the Son. In Jesus' name, amen. And just go to chosenrva.com and you'll see uh, on the uh, new members page is videos that my wife and I did allowing you to know what took place. Because you want to make sure you grab, understand what just took place because the enemy does not want you to be there. Thank you for joining us. Please visit our website, ChosenRVA.com, and check in with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at ChosenRVA. We hope you'll join us again soon.